podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system, DLS. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Behind every company, there's a time-tested engine keeping it moving. By earning your accounting degree online from Grand Canyon University, you could advance your career by identifying business efficiencies and building business models. Become a core team member by keeping business on budget and on track to success. What do you think accounting careers look like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Good evening, it is the club, it is the LFC Day Trippers, the home of the Premier League champions. Um, tonight we are brought to you, as always, by Pitchboard uh, Football Fan App, giving the fans a voice, get your free download on the App Store and Google Play Store even. Um, tonight um, we're going to talk about those final 26 hours until we finally uh, won that league after 30 years. Um, we'll also uh, look at some of the club media uh, content that's come out um, via all the social channels, um, Klopp um, and his open letter, uh, which has been published in the Echo. Uh, we'll touch on the fan celebrations, um, get into a bit of uh, Twitter payback, and we might at some point, if we've got time, squeeze in and look ahead to the uh, the next game against City, which, let's face it, realistically, it's probably going to be the last one. We have a massive amount of interest in um, and all that goes with it, with the Guard of Honour. So tonight, um, I'm joined by Andy Young, uh, chief cheerleader. Um, all his dreams have come true. All his cheerleading has not been in vain. How are you doing, Andy? Yeah, doing good, doing good. It's, um, it, was, it was worth the wait, Ray, I have to say. It was worth the wait. We waited a long time, but it was fucking worth it. It certainly was, and it certainly is. Um, we've also got Pete. How are you doing, Pete, over in Barcelona? Cannot complain. Cannot complain. Just like Andy, very, very happy. Um, chuffed with life. Yeah, as he says, it was a long wait, but the smell of boiling urine is... is you can pick it up here from Barcelona. <laughs> all, it's fantastic. All, all the way over from Spain. Absolutely, um, mate. Brilliant. And uh, for a bit of balance, we've got Phil Casey on tonight. How are you doing, Phil? 
Yeah, no different to how normally doing, right? Just rolling, you know yourself. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's been a great couple of days, and uh, yeah, yeah, can't argue, can't complain. Good. I, I, I guess when you uh, founded this podcast all them years ago, um, you did it uh, probably with a, a massive amount of doubts that we would ever uh, get to this point of being Premier League champions. And to be honest, no one could really blame you because um, when this podcast was founded, we were uh, in a massive, massive drought in terms of winning this league. But um, we'll start with you, Phil, because I think it's probably right to do so. I mean, those final 26 hours, um, uh, what was it like for you? Did, 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 did you see it coming when it did? Or were you, I mean, we were talking last week, we were talking about where we were at and what the Everton results have meant. But did you see it happening the way it did, ultimately? Honestly, mate, I, I, I didn't care. I, like, I paid no attention to the Chelsea game. I, didn't, I wasn't paying any attention to it. Like, I, I have to say, this season, I, I decided to detach myself from social media, from Twitter and all that type of stuff. I just wanted to see if I'd enjoy football and enjoy everything more. And But yeah, I have. And like those 26 hours were pretty much... like I, I know from talking to Andy and from talking to you guys, you were definitely much more built up for this and, and being much more sort of waiting to see what happened. And will it be enough? Or do, is it going to be all in this match? But like, I just kept thinking... We've got to get five points between now and the end of the season. So for me, it was already done. Mentally, I, I, we'd already won the league, if you know what I mean. It was just a case of when did this happen. So when I saw the, I saw the game, I, saw, I didn't see the game. I'd actually, I'll be totally honest with you now. I'd more or less blanked football since I came back after this thing, right? So I watched the, as I said to you, I watched the Dortmund and Bayern game and I lost the interest in the Bundesliga after that because it was over. Mm-hmm. And then I watched us against Everton. I was almost going to just pack it in because I just thought football looked terrible at this stage, right? And then watched the Palace game, which was fantastic to watch. It was a great game. It was it was, it was was an advertisement for great football in really bad circumstances, right? Um, and and then um, I was like, oh, well, I, bought, like, I, was there. I, I didn't have any pull to watch the City-Chelsea game, mainly because I, like, it had no real impact on us. It was more so what's Chelsea, what, potentially what's City going to look like. We know then when Chelsea take the lead, I then started paying a bit of attention to the old um, scores app on, on the phone to see what's going on here. Then I seen that City equalised and I was like, ah, so City will probably score a winner now or score two or three now at this stage because that's what they're like. Um, and the next minute you see red card and you see the Chelsea going two and up and going, Jesus, this is thing. And then I decided to have a few drinks at that stage and the next minute we were doing a podcast. I can't remember really much what was going on in between it, but like, I, honestly, I was just delighted. It felt, for me, it was, there was a relief. I'm I'm a bit, I'm sort of I'm sort of, I'm sort of a club in what he said. It was one of the, like a, the the next day I started to watch a bit of the Sky Sports News and the LFC TV channel just to see a bit of the coverage that was going on and, and um, his point that they were saying oh look how would you feel about winning it all and I'm the exact same as club. I'm glad they lost. I I did I don't get, don't care about not winning it on the pitch. We won it on the pitch over the course of 31 games. Okay, we won it. We won it in what we did in those thirty-one games. So for people to turn around and say you didn't win it on the pitch, we 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 actually obliterated the league and we won it on the pitch. How we end up being named champions is completely irrelevant because we're not getting the trophy until the Chelsea match anyway. So it's just great that you can put it to bed. And as I said to you, right, like I don't know how many matches I'm going to watch of ours between now and the end of the season. If if he plays a load of the young players and a load of the sort of fringe players, that will probably hold my attention more than seeing how many points we can amass between now and the end of the season. Because yeah. even if we don't get over a hundred points, no one 
I can't see any team ever breaking that record of winning the league within 31 games. That's how I feel about it. No chance. Mm. Definitely, definitely. Um, Andy, um, I guess uh, you watched uh, minute by minute, uh, like myself, through that Chelsea game. Um, But let's go back to the Liverpool game. I mean, if there was ever a statement to be made about Liverpool deserving to be champions um, and turning it on, uh, even behind closed doors, that was just a masterclass, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I did the after uh, match show with Gav, the Daily Gav, and um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we had a ball. We had a ball on that podcast because it felt like that was the uh, game that crowned us champions. It, it was okay. It, it became, brought us obviously one game closer or two within one game of winning the league whether City dropped points or not, or whether we went and we beat them. But it was only ever going to be one game away, or one bad result for City away from winning the league. And it was performance that merited um, winning the league, you know, because we, we haven't been, we've had, we weren't really spoiled with the type of football we had before the lockdown and we had the loss to Wofford. Um, but we just needed that little reminder of how mm. good we were. And every element of that game was just pure it was worthy of champions the fact that the opposition didn't get one touch in our in our box and um, the performances from um our back four you know the the back four we wanted to see after seeing the game against Everton the midfield and uh, how good Fabino was and uh, the front three were just unbelievable they gave um they gave them hell all night uh, and that's what we need. That's what we really, really needed. Just, just a boost. So, I felt like that was kind of the league win. But I, I actually wasn't mentally prepared the following night for the City Chelsea game. I, I hadn't even really considered that it might happen. Mm. I, obviously, I knew it, it could happen. But I was, I was in Tesco just doing a bit of shopping with the missus, and she was buying gin, and I says. Are you all right there, George Best? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she said, "Oh no, just in case we're having a party." I went, "What?" No, she's like, "No, no, that that's not happening tonight. Don't, don't forget that." Like, City will beat them, and she goes, "I oh, want well, just in case." So I was like, "Whatever." So uh, I said, ah, "Look, I'll sit down and watch the game anyway." And if he came quite clear from early on that actually this is on tonight. And then of course the goal came and, and it was it was Chelsea who looked more likely to score again than City getting back into the game. So um yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable and I, I really I, I'm glad it kinda of happened for me that way because it would have it would have been such a letdown if it didn't if it didn't, you know. Anyway. Yeah, that I mean that game in itself, um well, two things. The, the firstly the Liverpool game, as you say, it, it just reminded everyone how worthy we were of champions. So I think that that is the first part of the ingredient, which I think was was essential really to 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 send that message back out because, you know, recency bias and all that sort of stuff, as you say, before just before lockdown, you know, we lose the unbeaten run, we go out to Champions League. And then we get that that sort of really dreary draw against Everton. So it was good to remind people what we'd actually had actually achieved and what we've been like. But then the fact that uh, the fact that it, as you say, it it did happen so kind of suddenly and unexpectedly within twenty four hours when that uh, performance is 
fresh in everyone's minds, just was kind of the perfect second part of the ingredients, really. So, I mean, Pete, um, the, the, the whole, you know, the whole kind of pendulum in that Chelsea game, um, you know, first Chelsea, you know, first Chelsea, uh, uh, you know, they go 1-0 up, uh, deservedly so, but then City come roaring back. And, and to be honest, it only looked like there was going to be one winner, uh, and that was City up until that drink break. I mean, well, yeah. did, were you on a bit of a roller coaster watching that? No, uh, to be honest, I, I said this before we 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 came back. I, I I honestly, I didn't think Manchester City would come back. I didn't think they'd be motivated. But ultimately, what's done them is people forget Manchester City can't defend. I mean, they cannot defend normally. When they had Vincent Company and when they were organised, they'd have a ding, the odd ding dong battle with somebody that wasn't us. Yeah. And ultimately, as Phil said earlier on, they'd come out. They might go one nil down. They'd equalise, then something would turn, and they'd end up romping it two or three one. But this time, you're seeing guys like Bernard Mendy. You know, you're seeing guys like Fernandinho who actually can't defend. Yeah, just can't defend. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, if if you've got a, a side that's halfway decent, and Frank Lampard knows that he's got a decent side, I think he's he's Frank Lampard has managed the the kid from America Pulisic very very well. He's kind of kept him under wraps, hasn't he waited until he was ready a little bit like what Klopp did with Andy Robertson, and just decided okay, everyone's kind of borne out. You go and run at people. That young fella looked like he was just on a different level to everybody. I was kind of looking at him going. I'm raging we didn't get him. I mean, he's ran 60 yards. And then, I mean, Mendy is a clown. It's unbelievable. Don't get me. And I, 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 would, I would allow for Fernandinho because he's an aging, converted midfielder whose first instinct is to clobber people. So he's always going to do something outrageous. Uh, but it's just, I mean, we have been absolutely magnificent. But we've been really helped by the fact that Vincent Company has called what I believe is a, a premature end to his, his top top level career. I know he's I know he's injuries, injuries haven't been haven't been too kind to him. But he reminds me a little bit of Paul McGrath, a little bit of Ledley King. It's those ten big games that he has to play in. Mm. And you the city think and the city fans think that they can just go out and replace that with a Bali or with whoever. You can't replace that. I mean Jorgen Klopp has spent four years building up to that what you you don't replace that that you, that comes with time it comes with with understanding that pendulum motion that you talked about earlier that's exactly what wins us games we get into pendulum ding dong battles there's only one winner i look at city and they're vulnerable now i made the mistake of thinking that arsenal will get some bar that's the worst arsenal team that i've ever seen I, I think that any of us have ever seen there's no there's no scrotum there there's no quality there there's no heart there there's not even the sort of fella that you'd have in a poor team that you'd say they might get done one or two nil but he'll take a scalp I mean they have absolute I'm looking forward to be we will do them six or seven nil that's how bad they are but for me looking at City Massive and looking joke. at oh absolutely but I'm, <laughs> I, but, but, I'm but, but I'm looking I'm looking at Man City and that part of it was never in doubt they just people forget you can have all the quality you want going forward but if you can't take you can't take care of the things at the back you're in all sorts of problems yeah I mean even yesterday against a pretty lacklustre tootless Newcastle they were you know they were 1-0 up and Newcastle had a massive chance I mean Otamendi again uh, giving the ball away um, your man St. Maxime 
puts the ball across. Dwight Gale should score. Otamendi's doing his best Lovren impression on his arse in the box, yeah. trying to recover the situation. But there you go. I mean, people, t- people talk about Pep being wonderful manager. A better, stronger manager takes Nicholas Otamendi out of that team nine months ago. Out of it. And just sends him back to Argentina. It's incredible. You could get with that kid that's that's tearing up, pulling up trees for Swansea, that, that's contracted leads. You could get someone like him in that will do a better job. This is incredible stuff. I mean, this is we're, we're, talk, we're talking about him being pound for pound the best coach in the world, a fantastic manager. But this, this, is, this is ludicrous stuff. Arthur Mendy has, forget about not saving the points, he must have cost him 20 points over the course of two seasons. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, look, the thing for me, it was, as Andy says, it, it did come as, it did kind of sneak up, I thought, uh, what unfolded on Thursday night. Um, but I have to say, um, from the minute that we clinched that, league and fair play to Sky they had it lined up they had the you know they had the two hours or so lined up with all the various uh, ex-Liverpool players uh, Sir Kenny himself um, with the maddest looking scarf I've ever seen <laughs> sitting in front of that sitting in front of that cabinet um, Kenny's cabinet um, from that moment on it was just uh, like I've it's, I mean obviously lockdown has ground a lot of us uh, down over the last few months, but the like, I just felt such an emotional release from that point until you know, until I went to bed at sort of half two. I mean, Andy, I know Andy, Phil, uh, you jumped on the podcast with Gav. Um, I mean, Andy, what was just? Can you kind of describe where you where your mind went in those few hours? Was it just? Was it relief? Was it joy? It was a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, it was joy. It was emotion, like. I wondered what it'd feel like when we when we finally did it. Like I mean, I think we've all known we're we're, we're winning the league since last January, maybe. Um, even the even the doubters amongst us probably knew by February, but it was always there was always that kind of doubt that that something might get in the way, whether or, or that it mightn't feel as good just because of everything else. But boy, God, it hasn't felt so good, you know. Sky, in fairness, and their coverage, and they get a lot. They get a lot of criticism, but their coverage straight after the game was amazing. Straight onto Sky Sports News, and looking as soon as Thompson, yeah, um, I, I even enjoyed Redknapp, Carla, um, <laughs> uh, and Kenny with his big, huge uh, locker behind him. Um, oh, it was it was so emotional. It was so emotional, and another thing, like I was saying before lockdown. You know, what if we didn't win out on the pitch? I want to see the I want to see the players' faces. I want to see them running around. But we got all of that the next day because they were in a hotel together and there was loads of video footage. So oh, yeah, we even got them on Sky there and then, didn't we? We got Klopp on who was yeah. so emotional oh. when he finished his interview. We had Hendo on there. Yeah. I mean I we did we, we did actually the fact that the players were all together, um, more so as a result of uh, I think this whole situation with COVID. I mean, obviously, when Leicester won the league, they were they were a bit more dispersed, and a few of them were around at Jamie Vardy's gaff. But because of the circumstances, they'd all accumulated. They were all together with family, uh, extended friends, extended uh, staff at, at Formby Hall, yeah. and and actually because they were there all together, I, I think it added to the experience in some yeah. way. It was it was the overall package, really, wasn't it? So. 
Sky had everyone on the ready. And I think they did say the night before, you know, if um if Liverpool do win the league tomorrow night, we'll have something special. They did. But uh, they they didn't let us down. Um <laughs> It, it just it was as you say it was the whole package with with all the with all the players in Farnby Hall as well and the tears and Klopp and everything else. Oh, I don't know. It's it, it was as I said at the start of the show. It was so worth worthwhile this long way, and all the fans like that have just been through it all with you know everything over the years and a lot of the letdowns and a lot of nearly nearly won the leagues. And all the stick from other clubs and everything else, and even stick from our own fans about about different aspects of what's going on. I don't know. Um, it's just been the best thing ever. And I suppose the other great thing about the lockdown now as well is we're going to milk this. It's going to be a couple of months before, maybe next the end of next month. Who knows? But before the the players take to the streets on an open top bus, but they're going to do that, and then there's going to be another thing and then we're, we're going to get months out of it so yeah I think so I think the club um, the way they're structuring and the way they've got the, the social media team now uh, constantly uh, putting out content I think I think they will they will absolutely look to have this drip fed to us as fans um, all the way through to probably whenever this parade eventually happens or whenever the you know whenever the time comes I mean Phil just on the I guess on the celebration and more the cel- the, the, the actual celebrations that happened, um, first of all, on the streets directly afterwards, I guess there was an inevitability about about that happening, the, the sort of the spontaneous nature of coming out around Anfield. Um, it, I, was, I, was mi- I was very mixed about it, even more so the next day at the pier head. I mean... We've we've all been we've all been building up to this, but 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 do you think they did go over the top? See, right, I, I oh, do you know it's hard for me because uh, I was the same when I played. I always enjoyed the moment when something happened, and then it's done. And for me, it's that it's all in the past now, right? And I know this sounds very, um, I don't know, downbeat or something like that, right? But like I'm 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 elated we won the league. I'm I'm I made a vow when I started this podcast that if we won the league, I'd never. I'd, I'd pack it in at the end of that season. I'm, I'm, I'm close to doing it because I'm actually close to packing in football completely. A bit like um, Nico Rosberg when he won the Formula <laughs> 1 World Championship. He just said, right, that's it, I'm done. I'm not going to get better than this. I'm done. So I'm looking at saying we're European champions, world champions, super champions and English champions all at the same time. How, it's never going to get better than this. Klopp has built a perfect team. Doing again. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, but he's built the perfect team and we've had the perfect season outside of a pandemic and not having any fans. And it's very hard to better. And every time I think about it, I'm saying, I'm never going to enjoy a season as much as I've, as I've enjoyed this one. So there is a part of me that says, right, you can just stop supporting at, at a complete high now. Like, instead of the lows that you've experienced for the best part of 20, 30 years, this would be like to go out on a complete high. So when it comes to the fans bit, like I didn't have an issue with them going mad at Anfield the night we won the league. Oh, no. I didn't have a I didn't have an issue with that whatsoever, right? Um the bit I had an issue with was what happened the next day. Like that just seemed like like proper English scumbaggery that goes on that has nothing really to do with football. Now when you find out that the guy who fires the fireworks at the at the Liver building is actually an Everton fan, it just looked like the the, the knackers had come out to play, basically. 
Mm. Um, and we're, use, we're, we're using any excuse to just come out and drink outside in the streets and, and, and cause a bit of eruptions. And it just, it happens everywhere. It's like no matter what, no matter what, what you look at, you just there go, it just seems that there's always an element who just want to go out and, and have a bit of mischief and cause things. The one thing that really annoyed me, Ray, the one thing that really put a downer on all this is the absolute state that they left Anfield in and then the state that Liverpool was left in the next yeah, day. Yeah. Was a, oh, yeah. oh, my word, yeah. I can't, I, and I can't, I can't deal with it. I, I, I was talking to the other lads who've been on the pod, and I've even, I was even talking to Jamie, who's a scouser as well, and I was just going, I don't understand this. Why would you wreck your own city? Like, I, I, I can't, it's like when I walk into town and there's been lots of them in Stevens Green. Like most, most times I've gone in, most people have cleaned up after themselves, and you, you don't mind people being out enjoying themselves in the, in the park and everything like this, right? But when you see people leaving shit lying around for somebody else to clean up, and you're just thinking to yourself, what type of dirty scumbag are you? What? What? How, how hard is it to put your bottles or whatever you've been using back into a bag and bring them with you and put them into a bin? Like, it's not that hard. It's a lack of respect for the city that they're in, for the people of that city, and for their friends and family, because it's not just coronavirus that can kill you. The amount of shit that comes with rubbish and the amount of stuff that floats around, that can kill you as well. And that this really, is a social problem. To... This is a social problem, Phil. This isn't a football problem. You know? Pete, and... Pete this, is, this is what has really put a downer on me for the celebrations. I loved, I loved the pictures of Anfield. The night mm. we won it, I loved. Yeah. It. I loved like the emotion, the passion, the raw energy. The club didn't ask fans to be there. That was just spontaneous, and it was brilliant. And then the next day, you see it, and you just say, "Could you not just bring your bottles and your filth home with you? Can is is it that hard for you? You can still enjoy yourself, but you can still be socially responsible. So don't come on banging this this thing about you know we it's Liverpool isn't part of England and Liverpool is this and we're socialists and all this type of stuff and we're here for a community. If you can't clean up after yourself, you're not a socialist. If you can't clean up after 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 anything you do, and it's not just after celebrating, you do not care about community. You have no respect for people that you that you're with. You have no respect for yourself. Right, you you have no right to go out and enjoy yourself because if you can't clean up after yourself, you're just making a mess for others to clean up after yourself. And there's no there's no servants in the world. Cop mm. the fuck on. Yeah, no, that's reasonable. But I just find what I find Phil insulting is that it it gives an opportunity to the usual, the outrage brigade who don't give two fucks about what happened in Liverpool that night to jump on it, and they're they're all over this basically, you know, with their mock outrage. You know, I find that insulting. Um. And to level that and to say that this is a, a scouse problem, quite frankly, and a, a problem of, of a, this is a social problem. This is a problem that people have. I mean, if you look at the Black Lives Matter march and then the reactionary march from the right wing idiots under Tommy Robinson, you know, the state that they left places in, let's not even talk about the beaches. I mean, this has been going on for months. Uh, I don't know if it's tension because of the lockdown, but this is a social problem in the UK. These people are known, you know, in general. It's not it's not a problem on Merseyside. However, this will all be remembered as being a problem on Merseyside. And that's the problem that I have. I completely agree with exactly what, everything that you're saying. However, it's not unique to Merseyside. But that's how it will be remembered. And that's what I find annoying and insulting. Yeah, it's it is it is a real shame, and and Andy, it is something that Klopp, uh, you know, Klopp publishes this open letter to the Echo, and and he does actually, you know, he does actually call that out. You know, he does actually call out the fact that uh, he needs to say something about the celebrations uh, and that they weren't right. Um, you know, uh, and and that we have to look at we we have to look after our community as a whole as we still 
navigate our our way through this uh, through this virus. Um, but 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 on the other side of it, the, the, what the open letter uh, did show you was just what a man uh, Klopp is and and how deeply uh, he's taken uh, Liverpool as a city. Uh, and, and in fairness, he doesn't just talk about Liverpool. He talks about Everton fans as well, um, and what football means to them. Um, and even mentions, Car- you know, them having a fantastic manager in Carlo Ancelotti. I mean, it's all class. The man is all about class. I mean, you know, when you read that, Andy. I mean, what what's your thoughts in terms of the man himself? I mean, as if he couldn't get any better in our eyes. Yeah. Um... Uh, it was. Oh, I read that first thing this morning when I seen it coming up, um, and I was. <laughs> it's just another chapter in the fairy tale. It's just another element um, of Klopp's personality that you just, you just can't get any more perfect. Um, normally, when you read a sort of a, a statement from a manager like that, you kind of say, "Oh, well, somebody else has written that from him," but there's not a chance. Uh, there's only one man that could have wrote that letter and it's, it's Klopp and his leadership skills and the personality just keeps going up and up in my estimations every single time. Um, I remember listening to a business podcast and it was talking about how he was able to motivate his team and they were using that as an example of how it could be used in a business. And I was only there yesterday. I was watching a video on YouTube and actually, he's really sought after in the business world now uh, by big global brands like Apple and BMW, mm-hmm. um, Google. And they all want to hear what he has to say. Yeah, This is more than just a couple of personality traits and, um, and as Klopp calls, a few simple philosophies. There's more to Klopp than, than him, this, this natural ability. He's a fucking genius. And each and every part of that uh, statement that he wrote, that letter, that it just be, it just oozes class and it just oozes um, humility. And he's so humble. At once, as he credited himself, everything, everything he says, and it's not a mask. It, this isn't like somebody who kind of plays the game, where oh yeah, and no, I just like to put and and you know, it's a backhanded way of sort of complimenting himself. He. He's full of honesty, and I challenge anyone that doubts it. Some people don't seem to like him because they're they're jealous, you know. Um, they're so jealous that they never got him. And there's other bits where it talks about, um, you know, his his wife saying that that's the club for you. And then when he met the, the lads at Lexington Avenue in New York, and he agreed. He knew that Liverpool was a perfect match for him. He knew the City was a perfect match for him. He knew all this before we knew it. And it's a marriage made in heaven. And that, and again, that, that letter just, I was reading through it going, fucking hell, like, could you could you put everything more perfect? And no, you couldn't. It's, it's, it's un-fucking believable. I, I hope... I hope he signs a lifetime contract. <laughs> <laughs> he's already ruled that out. Oh, no. He's not got it. Live on Lads, I, I, I know, and it's like we'll eventually get around to talk about this. But I think Klopp sees out his contract and, and leaves because I just have a feeling that he, he's he's they the when you read that letter and you see the way he he was even in the in the post after the the, the mad party where he was doing his dancing and he's taking he's reminding us of the time he was in Australia doing the 
kangaroo dance or the ostrich dance or whatever he was, right? But I think the way he plays, the way he manages and the way, the feeling that he drives in a team and that he also drives himself off leads to a natural burnout after maybe five years with a club where he needs to take a break and recharge himself before he could take on another job. And I, 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 I truly believe that he's, he, in his own mind, he was determined to lead us back to being a force. And I mean a proper force, you know, a force that wins these trophies, that wins Champions Leagues, that wins league titles, to put the club in the right direction so that whoever comes in after him can also continue on the work he started. And I think when you look at the level of energy and engagement he has with everything that goes on around the club, be it the the media side, be it the players. And you even look at lads like Shakiri. I seen Shakiri in a video today that don't know where he's been. He doesn't know where he's been. But oh, he pairs out and he's given it number one. He's <laughs> I think delighted that's how many appearing. Is that is that to signify how many appearances he's had? I don't know. <laughs> He also he also put out a picture of of all the of all the trophies he's won. I think he has about the same amount of appearances as all the trophies he's won in, in for those teams. Last he has two two Champions League trophies, five league titles. It's like it's crazy. <laughs> he's, he's he's won the he's won the World Club Cup twice and the Super Cup twice. And I don't like, it, but this is what I'm saying. These lads, you never hear anyone giving out about Klopp that's left the club. You never hear a player. Saying no, nah, I don't. I didn't like him. I didn't get on with him. No. Isn't it mad? Even, even, even when Sacco left, despite everything that went on, and he had enough pops at the club and all that type of stuff, he never, he never went out against Klopp. And like everything that we're told, it was that Klopp just couldn't deal with his his his, his lack of um, being able to adhere to, to discipline and the standards that he had at the club and the whole lot. But he's he never came out, and so it seems to me that he seems to be this 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 true character this true driving force that even when you leave even if he lets you go or say look this is it you know we're done now he you go with a belief that okay i can't meet his ideals but i'm def he's i'm definitely good enough to do it somewhere else and it's almost like he's feeding you this and saying no you can still do it just for me i need like you just don't fit anymore but you can do if you go here you can definitely fit in and it'll definitely work for you and i'm, I'm amazed by it. I'm, I'm still and I've, I've gone searching looking for a story where a player bad met with him and I really, I can't really find any. To be totally honest, with not you. even in Germany where everyone badmouths everyone. I mean, I work, I work with and for a lot of Germans, and they're nasty people to work for. To be honest with you, even to each other. I mean, this is a, he's not he's not the typical German. That's the, what I find amazing. When when he came in for us, I was like, oh, here we go. It's going to be rigid. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. It's not going to be very exciting. Um, even though the football looked, you know, it looked fantastic at Dortmund, I just didn't see how it was going to. Yeah, culturally going to work, my God. Now I can't imagine how it's going to work without him, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's quite the thing. And I just hope that Liverpool and the next person, and I fear, if I'm being honest with you, that we'll fall into the Steven Gerrard trap. And I'm sorry to be skeptical about the hero. I fear that we will. And he comes in and, and does exactly what Sunas tried to Jade's do. Lads. Make, it, make so- it his own, you know? The players look to the captain, the captain looks to the manager, and the manager looks to you. It's time to be heard. Pitch is the new app that gives football fans the voice you deserve. Get your views sent straight to media pundits, commentators, and the club you love. From dodgy penalties to rating match performance, make your opinion count. The manager's looking to sub him off, and the fans agree. Download the Pitch app for free today. Be heard. 
Better sleep means a better you. That's why Mattress Firm stands behind the rest-assured promise. Featuring the best mattresses from America's top-rated brands like the Tempur-Breeze Collection. And save up to $500 on premium adjustable mattress sets. Plus, get a $300 instant gift with your purchase, good towards sleep accessories. Shop Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster, and more with our sleep experts today to get your best sleep only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. Visit mattressfirm.com for complete details. Sorry to break it out, people. Uh, Andre Wisdom is in hospital after being stabbed and robbed. Oh, God. Wow. God. That's fucking... In Derbyshire? Where is he? In Derbyshire? He's, Dar- he's in Derby. Yeah, Derby. Him, and yeah. A, him and a lorry yeah. played centre-back for Derby. Oh, Christ. God, no. Wow. It's terrible. Um, that's... Chase, that's rough, isn't it? That is bad. Hope he's all right. Hope he's all right. Um, Genuinely hope he's all right. Phil, just on, on that um, on that point about Klopp and the Bournemouth, and this is a point I kind of made myself, and I was only reflecting on it there the last couple of days, how the way, the techniques of what he goes about motivating players, like he has players puking in preseason, all right? He has players working harder in training than other clubs, like the most clubs. And the carrot that he hangs in front of them, do what I ask you and I will reward you. So the players break their balls, you know, for a season, two seasons, three seasons, four seasons. And I'm sure eventually it will be just so hard emotionally to sustain that level mentally. Okay, forget about your body physically, mm. but to have that motivation to just keep winning but you st- you have to work so hard when the likes of Mane Salah might be offered an easier life but still win loads of things with double the wages at Barca or Real that's that's how I that's how I wonder will will this all sort of work itself out that these players won't be able to sustain it for long enough that naturally they'll move on Klopp will bring in other players and they'll pump them up and it will freshen itself up like that. Now I know that didn't really happen at Dortmund. I really don't. I'm not too familiar with the the storyline of how it all kind of fell apart at Dortmund. But I'm just wondering: is that the answer? Like Klopp staying for kind of four more seasons now? That's going to involve um, the team going into a slight transition, as in it won't be it won't be that eleven. That we're seeing you can't keep it intact for the next four years. No, and uh, between age and just between the ability to motivate the, the players to keep them at the same level emotionally, I, I think, I think he could he could have the team at the same okay different personnel at the same level in four years' time, and then there's enough of a motivation for him to stay on and sign another two years. Like, there's no reason we all thought he might see out as. Uh, a, the, the contract just gone before he extended and we all kind of not accepted, but we thought, okay, that, that might be the end of him after two more seasons. But you never know, Phil. You never know. There's I mean, a, I, surely, I don't know. surely one day he's a shoo-in for the German uh, national But why, why would you take it, Ray? Why would you take uh, it? Not, not just now, but I'm just saying further down the road. I mean, once he's kind of, you know, if he, if he can build a dynasty sort of with us over the next, say, four to four to seven years, then uh, maybe at that point it's a time for him to move into a different type of challenge. Ray, I still think the level of mental fatigue he's going to suffer because when he went, so 
he left Germany and he left Dortmund when he couldn't topple Pep, right? He he toppled Bayern Munich, won two league titles back to back, had gotten to a Champions League final, only lost to Bayern Munich in the final, had won the 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 DFB Pokal twice as well. And then Pep comes in and brings a completely new way of playing football into the Bundesliga. And he couldn't work it out. He couldn't figure it out. He couldn't sort it out with Dortmund, right? Then something that Andy alluded to, his Dortmund side starts to break down just through injuries and look like through natural fatigue from playing that style of football over four or five seasons, right? Dortmund as well had had unique things where they always sold their best player season on season and then looked to replace them with another player coming in. So you're always reliant on your transfers being better um, or being equal to what was going out the door. I look at us and I can see, unlike Andy's idea about refreshness, I think mentally he figured out a way to come into English football to take his German style, but also look at how the English teams play and how English, you know, the English opposition plays and what you have to do in the league to achieve it. And I don't think there, I, 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 look, I don't think you're going to get a 10 year manager or a 20 year manager anymore. I think he's going to do what he has to do. And then he's going to say, this is fucking relentless. I, because football and styles are going to evolve and he's going to need to take and that step back that he did before he took the Liverpool job enabled him to change the style or just tweak his style slightly and learn a bit more and bring new things to the table by stepping away and by going and studying things and even going to, to like he went to Guardiola's training sessions he went and looked at how he did it you know he went out and, and learned his craft essentially and being a proud German I can't see how if he leads us to another league title or maybe two league titles, say in, in the next four seasons, that he doesn't then think to himself, right, I've 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 firmly put Liverpool back where I want needed to put them. It's now time for a new challenge. And I think for him it's about the challenge as opposed to just continue refreshing. Because he isn't there isn't that it, it isn't twenty years ago. It isn't ten years ago. It's modern football where people do look for new challenges and look to bring something else on. And if, if Germany hasn't won a, a tournament at this stage, I think that's when he the, the lore of bringing Germany back to the top of international football becomes too big. Mm. For him. Mm. Can I just I, I just argue uh, a point around we say about the intensity and and what it you know what it takes to win this league? Like if we reflect on actually how many points that Manchester City. Uh, who are a clear second are going to finish this league on. Um, there's seven games left. The most that they can finish the league on now is uh, 84 points. I mean, yeah. I, I know basically what Klopp has done this season. Is he's, he's, he's looked at what we did last season. 97 points wasn't enough. He's challenged that squad and that team to go out there and, you know, obviously topple that in order to, to, to kind of leave no doubt that we become Premier League champions. But the reality is this league for the next few years, depending on what City do, we might need to get to that many points. Again, we might be able to win this league off, you know, just below. We might be coming back more towards the norm and winning, being able to win this league off, you know, the high 80s. I, nah. I mean, is that nah, not, is that not an argument that holds any water? Because I tell you what, I don't see Chelsea or United or Leicester or Tottenham or Arsenal or any of these breaking eighty points for the for the next few seasons. So it's literally about what Man City do to me. Mm. But right, right. I, I, my my argument here is that you're saying that look at what City have done this year. Look what City did the last two seasons. They put up two hundred points over two seasons. No, agreed. They broke, but, but will Pep stick uh, around much longer? That's the other aspect of it. Who's going to be their well, next manager? No, no, Assu- no way. Assu- assuming, assuming they get over seventy points this year, their running total for the running average for the last three years is going to be ninety plus points. 
So when, when I go back to it and say, for us, so we, we're going to do, I'd say we're going to do somewhere between 95 and, a, and 105 points. Somewhere, there's going to be 10 points in between there, depending on what we play and how 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 they look at the rest of the season and, and what goes on, right? And you look at that and you think to yourself, right, in that instance, we'll have done 97 and 100. So we'll have done nearly 200 points over two seasons. The intensity yeah, yeah. to deliver that is going to be incredibly, and, and no team has ever replicated a third 90 plus point season in a row, right? So we're almost, the, the difficulty for us to go and repeat this feat of what we've done in the league this year is to do something that no team, and I'm not saying it can't be done because Klopp has proved that he can make this team do things that no team has ever done before, right? But like, you look at this and you say, to, to, to us to win the league back to back, we're going to have to break 90 points and do something that no team, we're talking about nearly putting up 300 points across the course of three seasons and no mm-hmm. team has ever done that. And I think it's more likely that, 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 that City will get, I'm not saying City will get back to 100 points, but I think they'll get, City will get close to 93, 94 points next season. Right, based on how much they're going to spend and what they're going to go, what they're going to go I, do. I honestly, I honestly think, Philip, that this cast uh, ruling will, be, will the cast will uphold UEFA's ruling. I think this team's going to break up. I, I think, think you're mad. I think you're insane. Of, I think why? you're completely insane. Why? Because so you think you're saying, what's at stake here is UEFA. Nobody, nobody is going to say, okay, we break an organization. If 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 that if what happens, what you think happens, happens, it breaks UEFA. I don't think anybody realizes that UEFA is no longer credible, credible as a governing body. That is it. That's it. It's gone. I, I completely disagree with you. And I'll tell you why I disagree with you in that instance, because already they've bent FFP for the pandemic. They've already that's brought extent, they've already, extenuated, but they've, they've gone out of their way to explain why that's an extenuating circumstance. The, the survival get, of the game. There's see, no way. See, you, you cannot see, use, I'm, you cannot, you can't, you can, but you can't use a new, a new uh, standard. Uh, Sorry, Pete, the team, the team is, this team is not going to break over a one-year ban from European football. Uh, I, I, think whole, I, I, I beg to differ. Kevin De Bruyne, their, their best player, at 29 years of age. These guys are professionals. It's a bit like we were saying about Klopp earlier on. They need to be challenged. I, I, I can't. I think Pep. Think about it. This guy is not going to want to be associated with the level of wrongdoing that these guys are having leveled at them. Your whole. All of your legend, and guys, people talk about legend too easily now, but all of your legend, all of your credibility, all of your achievements are now in question. The only thing to do is abandon Jim. Now, don't get me wrong. If it was seven or eight lads from the greater Manchester area, I would say they'll stay away. Well, it's, 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 it's wishful thinking. And I'll tell you why they're not going to, right? Because they're getting paid more money than they get paid at any other club in Europe. They're also going to be out of Europe for one year. And Pep is already building for next season. He's brought in his old guru from Barcelona and he brought him in after they got, after they got the ban. So he's not, ba- he's not jumping ship. And he, they, what they've probably done is he said, right, if we get this, our next season is about proving how good we are as a football team to everybody else because we can't perform in Europe. But the flip is, if they go on, if they get banned, they're going to be in the Champions League and they're, they're, their drive to win the Champions League is going to be greater than every other single team that's in there. And if they win, the, their aim will be to win the Champions League and be the holders while also being eliminated, being excluded from the competition because that will feed into the narrative that they've already been driving, that they're being unfairly punished and they're being picked on by UEFA. And that's going to drive them in their season next year. Well, that's the end of UEFA then. If that happens, as you as you say, that is the end of UEFA as an organisation. It, it will be restructured. It'll be completely... Because I can't see why anybody would do anything 
that they say. It would have absolutely no sway or credibility. Everything that UEFA are now saying is like, I would just say from Juventus, for example, from Milan, no, we're just going to do what we want. Paris, I'm just going to do what we want. You know, all the, all of these documents that we've driven don't mean anything. It's just chaos. But they're already doing that. <laughs> well, look, I mean, extent, yeah. the one the one thing the one thing that you know is for certain whether there's whether it'll take eighty, ninety, or a hundred points next season. I think you know, for me, because of the circumstances of this season, and we don't know exactly how next season will pan out in terms of when fans will be allowed in the stadium and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I do genuinely think that. Um, in some ways, because this season will have ended the way it did, um, I think uh, Klopp is the type of person who can regalvanize and re-motivate that squad to go again. Would you agree, Andy? At least for next season, let's let's not even let's not go beyond next season. Do you think? Do you think the re? I mean, I looked at the the bookies' odds. Um, City are favourites. There's something like even money favourites. Liverpool are second favourites, about six to four. So. Um, do you think Liverpool can galvanise themselves and go back to back? Because that's another thing that isn't easy to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's the cracks of Sean and City this year. Uh, whether that's because they've won the title twice and the trot is just not the the hunger is just not there anymore. As Peter's pointed out, they're very poor defensively, and you need to be out to defend to win titles. That's a fact. Um. Since we've learned to defend and since we brought in Allison and Van Dyke, that's when we've become a real challenge. It's going to be very hard for them to go out and get the right um, mix at the back to play in Pep's system and to also uh, keep it tight at the back. They've tried with so many different fullbacks and it hasn't worked out and it's an absolute mess what they have to choose from a centre pack apart from the park. So I'm not sure that it's going to take another Centurion season are close to it. Okay, if the drop off is down to the high eighties, then it could possibly bring in United or Chelsea into the mix. But if we're talking about another sort of ninety ninety five point season, absolutely, I think Liverpool are well capable of that. Um, there's going to be a few factors as well, especially like with how much our fans help us throughout a season. Like there's no doubt about it. We picked up a few results, whether it's in Europe or whether it's um in the league, because of the fans, because of the twelfth man. It definitely changes players to you know go in for that extra. We've seen the way the football has been. The crowds do influence um the what goes on on the pitch, and it's it's no more um it's no more obvious. They're not, they're not, but but Andy, they're not going to be there this side of Christmas though. They may or they may not be. You just wouldn't know what way it'd go. I'm surprised we're playing football at all at the moment, Phil, the way the UK is. And that, and I that's what I said from from when the football stopped. I said we may we may not see fans inside football grounds for a year. We probably won't see football starting back till September um or, or beyond. But here we are playing fucking football in June while well things aren't sorted out. So who fucking knows? But 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 they're the kind of factors that are gonna throw it throw in issues for us because we do depend I think we do depend on the crowd a lot um, to keep the players going it's it, it's it's definitely an extra special thing I know we, we really like to talk it up but it's but it is a factor but um, no I think the way City are they have a lot of work to do and the way the other teams are that are trying to make up so much ground 
I mean, we're t- between Liverpool and United, you're talking about a 40-odd point turnaround. That means we have to drop 20 points on and they have to, they have to increase there. Forget and about them. I mean, yeah, I think they can. I, can th- I think they can possibly get 20 extra points. That's what I mean. Yeah. You know, the high 80s then. We, but uh, but I think I think we get something like ninety ninety five next season. We beat City to the title again. It's a it's you a think, Yeah. You think about I mean Pete. You think about when the roles were reversed. Yeah, when United were winning leagues, uh, Chelsea were winning leagues, Arsenal were winning leagues, and we were sat. You know. Uh, 20, 25 points off, say, at the end of the season, coming 6th, 7th, 8th. I mean, you think back about the mentality of us as fans then. We we knew that that bridge was far too too big. You know, but, to, you know, to, we, to, we, were, we, we were falling into the same trap as they're falling into now. Exactly. We, we always thought, oh, final piece of the jigsaw. You know, when we signed, for example, Yardy Lippman and we signed Stan Collium or even going back even further, it was always, this signing is going to do it. And I remember, you know, by looking at Manchester United now signing Fernandes and, and they're thinking, yeah, this is the final piece of the jigsaw. Albeit, they're forgetting, still don't know how to defend. They've got an 80 million centre-half centre half who can't read a game, can't turn and can't yeah. run. You know, faces attackers square on who you know who can think faster than he can move. It's incredible to think that that, that they think that the, you can build a team off what they have. You know, they got their goalkeeper doesn't want to be there. I mean, he's making more mistakes. His whole psychology is saying, "Get me out of here." They seem to think that they can build a midfielder of guys that want to bomb forward and leave holes in behind them. Meanwhile, they've got a thirty-five-year-old holding midfielder who's 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 trying to help Scott McTominay, who I'm sorry is a very average player. He may become a good player, very average player to become a better one. There's more holes in that squad. Manchester United will be lucky to catch up with Wolves within the next two to three years. Forget about Chelsea, Liverpool, and Manchester City. Wolves should be their target over the next three years. They're finished. You know, <laughs> right. I mean, they they remember they remind me of us under Roy Evans. Solskjaer is exactly like Roy Evans. He was around great people, so people think he must be great, and he just isn't. Yeah. Right, like for me, there's no point talking about anyone bar, bar City. I think the question is, how far do we come back to City, and how far does City close in on us? If you look at last year, right, when we when we previewed this season, I said I thought somewhere between ninety three and ninety four points would win the title this year because I couldn't see the two teams doing ninety seven, ninety eight. And I said if we can get ninety three points, I definitely think we. I, I said I couldn't see City getting ninety five or ninety six because they've done such high point totals season upon season, right? And in the for you know, the same breath, I'll say the same. If we can get ninety three or ninety four points next season then it's going to entail what can City, can City come back to the level of 97, 98? Because that's what's going to be needed to do us. I, I, we end up, we definitely end up in the high 80s. It's how close can we get to 95 points, which will determine whether we can retain our title or not, right? And I think we're going to run into the same walls. I think we'll have more injuries next season. Now, we've had injuries this season. There's, there's a false narrative out there. We've had no injuries. We've had a few, yeah. Goal but I think the big one. Yeah. I think the real question mark comes on if Salah is out of the squad for six weeks or if Van Dijk is out of the squad for six weeks. I think that's when the real question marks are, will be asked about the stability of the team, right? Because we've we've had little niggles to Salah, but he hasn't been out for any real stretches of games. Um, and you can get away with a goalkeeper when you're playing shit teams. Let's be honest about this. You can get away with when you've when you've got Van Dijk and you've got Gomez and you've got Robertson and you've got Trent. You don't. Your goalkeeper only has to be good. It's a bit like the Chicago Bears banking on having fouls there as just being a good quarterback. He doesn't have to be great; just good. <laughs> we'll, win, we'll win them more games than they win last season. And I look at it and say that's exactly where we had Adrian. But you can see the difference when we get into the games against the good teams. 
the difference an Adrian to an Allison makes because yeah, Allison, I'd let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Allison delivers delivers the points when we in are big moments. Yeah. Exactly in the big moments, and that and that's where it is. I don't think I think Allison has a has a fresh bill of health and is fine next season. But the questions will be around. Like if you look at Van Dijk, Van Dijk I think has played more minutes than any other t- team player. In I the team know season. he's a colossus, isn't he? And how how has that happened, Phil? I mean, he was injury prone before he signed for us. I don't know how <laughs> okay. happened. Because we we have an incredible sports science team, and we've 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 also got magic beans that keep us going. <laughs> <laughs> Where are people going to start to keep John us Merrow. of uh, oh, totally. John Merrow is already they are, all over. Yeah, Andy, the, the are right, and the other bit is though, there is one thing for us to be conscious of, and this this also feeds into, you know, what impact does it have on the squad? Because we lose our German medical uh, sports medicine person this season he's going back to Germany I was already agreeing he's leaving the club and going back to Germany and we have been set out as one of the best sports medicine sports fitness um, groups that are in world football at this moment in time and their teams come to ours now to see how does this thing work and it would be interesting to see him leaving does that have an impact or have they got somebody already lined up to come in and replace him and what impact does that have on like recovery and fitness mm-hmm. of players because more injuries can turn things like you look at City and you look I know you said company no I don't think company this season would have made any difference to, to City their biggest one was they bought Laporte to be there Van Dyke, and he missed the best part of, the, of nearly all the season and if we had if we had Van Dyke out for six months or seven months, that's going to have a huge impact, no matter what you say, across Definitely. the course of the season, because he is our defensive leader. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. I just think with players like Company being on the park, I mean, we've I've played against players where they've get they're getting away with their reputation for sixty or seventy minutes. You have a go at them, and then all of a sudden, oh, he's not all that. And I just, I always felt that Company had that presence, whereby if he was playing, it was almost like oof. You know, we 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 give them the respect and the distance, and I, I think they miss that. And and teams have got. I mean, Stones is a disaster. We won't even talk about Otamendi and poor El Fernandinho. I'm, just, I'm, 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 I'm sick of talking about City squad and City's team. I literally don't care. We were just won the league, and we've battered them. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We've got. We'll spend another few minutes on City specifically because we're playing them on Thursday night. Andy, what do you expect from Thursday apart from a uh, a few beers with the lads? And a meal, and a meal. I hasten to add. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it all. I'm looking for. Um, in terms of the football, I'd expect us to go full. Oh shit! Uh, full. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly knocked me set up down. I've rearranged the room a little bit, and I nearly knocked it all down. Um, I uh, I expect us to go full strength again because it's as Phil was saying there. It's it's the last kind of significant game. Um and we go full strength. It's going to be a bit of a marker for next season. I can't see Pep doing anything other than trying to go full strength as well, just as a bit of a statement, kind of in the in the way the the charity, the community shield does go at the beginning, um, yeah. sort of in that way again. But um, yeah, I t- I, t- I can't see any other 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 than us beating them. I'm firmly in that camp now, especially after watching them yesterday. And you know, they, they, they've they've played um, additional games already. They've played what two additional games to us. We've we'll have had a, a clear week. I know there's the celebrations in between, but I don't think Klopp will. I don't think Klopp will want to go there in our first game as as champions and 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 be beaten. I mean, Pete, are you expecting our motivation to simply be? Bigger than theirs? I think, first of all, I'm expecting a guard of honour. 
Yep. Um, which which Klopp, will, Klopp didn't yep. know about, by uh, the which way. Was, which was hilarious. Was I, loved his rea- I loved his reaction. So I expect a, a guard of honour. Now we'll be recording it and playing it very, very slowly mm-hmm. uh, before, <laughs> uh, on, on, on a loop because I'm really looking forward to, to seeing people like Raheem Sterling, you know, smile through gritted teeth. So first of all, I'm looking forward to that. <clears throat> and I think I'm, I'm with the lads. I think um, momentum's a huge thing in football. You know what's going to be gone, good? Can I start yeah. just while you think of the guard of honour? With social distancing now, <laughs> does the whole squad do the guard of honour or is it just the 11 that starts? It's got to be the 11, I think. Just uh, well, day. maybe the subs as well. Yeah. Do they? No, okay, great. so with the 11. Are you sure it's, it's the 11? 11. Okay. Yeah. Because that would only be five players on one side and six players on the other side. I think guard of honours are normally bigger than that. Mm, yeah. Maybe you're right. Yeah. So with... With uh, with the with the extra subs and everything else, and with the two meter distance, and it's going to be a really good guard of honor. Oh yeah, but and you must remember as well, Fernandinho's out, um, sent off mm-hmm. against Chelsea, mm-hmm. um, so they're going to be again unfamiliar at the back. They'll probably try and come at us early doors. We'll I, I can see us weathering that, and I can just see us hurting them. I can see a nice two nil for us, and you know, let's wave at everybody and and say good night. I can't see them getting near us, to be honest. Yeah, I'd say Salah and Mane are licking the lips at the at the thought of, uh, of course of of what they're going to come up against. Um, uh, Phil, are you? I know, I know. You say you you kind of not really going to watch much more of this season, but will you at least give the City game a watch? I'm going to be sitting with you in the Camden watching. Well, oh. are you going to watch it? <laughs> 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 it depends. It depends if the NFL rerun on at the same time. <laughs> yeah, if the, if, the, if the Sean Cam Newton's workouts for the Pats, I might I might watch that instead. Mm. Definitely, definitely be more interesting. Has has a lot more bearing on what's going to happen in the next nine months. Now, like, of course, I'm going to watch it, but like, it, it took it like I'd know Ray. I'd, I would have loved to see them just give us the trophy on tours tonight. Like, yeah, this I would now. Wait, yeah, definitely. With, with with no fans in the ground, it doesn't matter what ground you get your you get your trophy in. But no. what we could do, had they given us the trophy on Thursday, we got, would have got to lift it. We could have all celebrated the Camden. Would have been great, right? Mm, but then we could yeah. take, then the team could take the trophy with us to every single ground we visit in. The oh, lovely, yeah. lovely. Mm. Stick and it we, there as you come out. And what, and what we do is then we can get a guard of honor off every single team that we yeah. play against. Well, is that and not then, protocol anyway? Do you not get a, a guard of honor from everyone as champions? No, it's oh, I don't know. I don't know because, like, I mean, no one's won it seven games with seven games to go. I know. So, um, it's the first it's the first game and it's like or to be fair had they gone for the first home game to give us the trophy because which is which is Villa after the City game like that to me just would have seemed a better logic because, you know, does this wait around to Chelsea and what, what difference does it make? Like, well, I, I, think, I think to be honest, Ian, I think it would have been a more sensible thing to just do it, get it out the way, do it uh, at Manchester City's ground. Because in reality, you're now just putting a, another target date on the calendar for, for, for Liverpool fans to congregate um, and uh, and potentially have a rerun of what we saw on Friday night. The amount of hot air balloons and blimps that will be hired. Hi- that day, 
with fans floating over and hanging, dangling out of trusses and cranes and everything. There'd be more cranes around Anfield than you've ever seen in your life. There'd be all the cherry pickers and everything just looking out over the top of the... See, the, the Anfield road end and the cop is still grand because they're not too high. So you'll just see a rake of mm. cranes and people hanging out of stuff. And then, do you reckon, do you reckon Jamie Webster will be up in the truss? Well, I'll tell you, he'll have a go, won't he? <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll put his application in, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Open the truss, singing us a song before the match, and then brilliant. They can bring, they, they won't be allowed to bring any of the old players back. Like it's gonna be, it is gonna be a weird lifting of the trophy, isn't it? It's like they're not gonna be allowed yeah, to bring back is. any of the old players. They're not gonna be allowed to bring. There won't be any fans there. Kenny mm-hmm. be still sitting up in the stand. I think Kenny in was actually <laughs> in the stand in his scarf, and they just put like a fake background around him, like in a Zoom call. <laughs> Oh, I think what they should do, I think what they should do instead of the um, the platform, you know, the Premier League platform, I think they should bring Kenny's cabinet in as the backdrop. <laughs> the the book's got some mileage out of that the other night. They, they should bring that into Anfield um, and have that as the backdrop. Uh, Kenny's cabinet from thirty years ago, I, I would imagine, which he probably bought with his bonus last time he won the league, exactly. uh, which is why he was sitting in front of it. But um, the, uh, before we uh, before we finish up, there was one other thing I wanted to touch on, and I know it's uh, it's something that's dear to to Andy's heart um, and quite a few of the lads, in all honesty, on uh, on on the podcast, and that is the world of of Twitter, and it's the world where <laughs> I think a lot of people over the last a uh, few days have kind of had their comeuppances. And I think uh, Andy in particular has been doing a lot of uh, research um, uh, and going back, doing some very specific searches on things <laughs> like Henderson Coward, uh, bringing some, you know, some whopper posts up from, say, two years ago, three years ago. I've seen a lot of, uh, seen Joe calling out people uh, around their calls on Klopp, uh, not not cutting the mustard, not winning as a trophy, um, and and here we are with with every trophy you could possibly really want um, in the cabinet today, essentially. Um, Andy, um, I mean, I, I read I read something from you a bit earlier, which was which was uh, I won't read the whole tweet out, but I'll just. Uh, I guess I'll just read the last bit out. Um, and it talks about uh, people who were called sheep. Um, and it basically just says those who strayed are splattered all over country roads right now, whilst the rest of us rejoice. Um, do, you want, do you want to go into that a bit more? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> that is brilliant. I wouldn't say to be called a sheep. It's like being called a top red or a super fan. Mm. You know, they are compliments. And to be called a sheep who follows, um, I mean, I don't know whether Klopp is the sheep dog or whether Klopp is the farmer. But why would you not, like as Klopp says when he came in, he wants to he wants to turn everyone into, you know, uh, doubters into believers. It took some fans a little bit longer than others. Right, fair enough, last year when we won the Champions League and some people still hadn't bought into it. Let them off the hook slightly. But I think this. I let it sink in for a few days, and then I says, "Now today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what the, see what, the, what the story is. Give people the last opportunity to just admit that we're wrong on FSG, um, or Henderson, or just the constant look. We all have opinions. We all kind of give out after a match or the heat at the moment. 
but people that construct um big narratives and they put they even put uh, these bullshit opinions to pictures and they draw all, all squiggles all over Henderson still shots. I mean, they don't tell a story at all. And if you dedicate your, you know, you're supposed to be a Liverpool supporter, and if you dedicate your life to criticizing them, you're not supporting them at all. You're not offering anything as a as a as a supporter. Corbally I mean, red. You're corbally red, basically. Yeah. I'm like as supporters, we all have a role to play, and that's to support the team. Bare minimum, support the team. And this is a golden area now. Like we've you know, we're all sort of fucking 40 now. We've seen some bad times, but we also remember the good times. And as that flag, you know, from the, the song from James, sit down and says, like, if I hadn't seen uh, such riches, I could live with being poor. And we've been longing for this for so long. And when, when I got a sniff of what was going on with, with Klopp and what Klopp was doing early on, and you could see that FSG were laying the blocks, I just went in on some of these guys and says, like, seriously, cop on. This is this is this is fucking the best you'll experience. And they didn't. They I got into so many arguments and they didn't believe me. And I said, I said, I'm coming back to you when we win the league. And I'm not gonna let you enjoy this. Because this this league title is for those who have suffered. It's for those who have longed for these days to return. And I just can't stand these little dickheads. Maybe it's the FIFA generation or what. I'm sound like a fucking owl lad here, but seriously, <laughs> seriously, these are the th- you won't get better than this in your lifetime. I can guarantee you. And some of the opinions are so far off the mark that they're actually damaging. You know, players are aware these days of what's going on on social media. And look, I think if a player is going on searching a name on Twitter, they're a fool. But that's that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Or someone in training doesn't say, "I see you're getting slaughtered on Twitter." <laughs> for for all for all this to come together, I'm blocked by Lucas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that says a lot. For all this to come together, it just needs it just needs perfection, and and that's what's being generated now, like from top to bottom. From you know, Klopp has talked up the owners. He's not Klopp's not a puppet. Okay, he's not he's not one of these type of people. Klopp would call out owners if they were being like just like Rafa did with Hicks and Gillette. Mm. Klopp would do it. He's talked to do, start believing. And so as someone said to me earlier on, if Klopp brought on Cardigan centre forward and we're losing two one in the last five minutes, I'd fucking trust him. And and that's where that's that's where we have to be. That's yeah. where we have to be. And um, some people might think it's just an opinion, but there's a dirty, fucking toxic element of Liverpool fans on Twitter who are like this, and they need to fuck off. If they don't, if they haven't copped on by now, they never will. They need to just let go, cut loose, piss off, do something else, because this club isn't for people who are going on like that about the the, the captain or the manager or different players. You know, trying to trying to create these narratives to have him stripped of his captaincy. People call him a coward. People call him um, talentless. Uh, call him out on his positioning. These are fucking little spotty shitheads that have fucking <laughs> never kicked a ball in their life and if a ball hit them in the face, they wouldn't know what it was. No, I mean, you, you don't pay attention to the standard, Henderson. 
uh, baiting. Anyone that doesn't understand what that boy does never played the game. You know, this is a guy who allows other people to play. He's as brave as a lion. These these kids, you know, they, they look at Jordan Henderson, they see the captain's armband, and they don't understand why he's not Steven Gerrard. That's the limit of their knowledge which is nothing as you know that it's nothing i mean where we are quite i mean it's i shudder to think that we offered and people we offered him mm. for clint dempsey i mean mm. it's incredible it's incredible mm. to think you know it's incredible to think but pete i mean do you think you know i've, I've already seen some tweets where people are basically saying you know yeah job done but are we going to spend any money now? Sort of thing. <laughs> no, forget about the money. Forget about the money. I mean, there's an obsession. That's exactly as Andy said. These are the FIFA kids. Uh, when are we bringing in Kula Bali? When are we bringing in? Listen, if if you've learned nothing from this guy and you learn nothing from, from Michael Edwards, they already know who the targets are. They're not going to be fashionable players. If somebody really off the charts becomes available and there's a coincidental opportunity like Mane, for example, leaving, they will probably, they might, you know, go for a, a big name like Mbappe. But that is the absolute, you know, fantasy stuff. There'll be somebody from, you don't expect from a relegated side who had an exceptional season, kind of swimming against the tide in a poor team, like Jeannie Wijnaldum was at Newcastle, for example. There's, mm-hmm. uh, there's a Sean, he was on Twitter the other day, and I actually agreed with him talking about three or four of those Norwich players. You know, that's a few, yeah, it's a few that, teams out there with yeah, players like that, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And they would fit the bill. Young, hungry, lots of ability, you know, lots of scope to improve. This is the model. You know, it's the money ball model. It works. Trust the trust the pro. I don't want to end some guy's hunger by by spending forty or fifty or sixty million euros on him. You know, I don't want that. I don't want people to come to the club think I've made it now. Yeah, even your man that. for Newcastle, even your man Saint Maxim. I mean, you know, you could you could argue a case that he could bring him in and make him the next man. Eh? That's how much. Mm. If Klopp decided that that was the sign and he would want to make, then you yeah, would believe bag, it. Bags of pace, bags of pace. You know, I think the lad needs to slow down and actually have a look at the game a yeah. little bit, you know, yeah. but you can see why teams will be inclined. A good coach will get hold of him, but forget about, I mean, you're going to you go to Corbally and go to his, his, his Twitter history. Or, I can't, if we spunk 30 million, and this is an actual quote, if we spunk 30 million on Sadio Mane, that's it, I'm done with Liverpool. Sadio Mane <laughs> is, is, about, is a season away from winning the Ballon d'Or. This, this lad will win the Ballon d'Or. Absolutely no doubt about it. You know, so long may that spunking continue. Come here, Ray. There was, there was, there was a whopper out there talked about. Uh, someone said, if we don't spend this summer, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start producing some serious spreadsheets, right? <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> the the threat was that this guy was gonna put together, um, you know, some sort of a spreadsheet criticizing FSG's net spend or something or or whatever. Like that that's maybe that just reflects on the next generation of football fans. I don't know, and it, it was mm. followed up by something like I don't care how many trophies they've won. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get these spreadsheets out, and I'm gonna do like a an Excel PowerPoint or fucking presentation, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take these guys to the sword. I don't care how many trophies they've won. I mean, what? <laughs> do a slideshow. I mean, do a slideshow on the amount of trophies they won, or, or just shut up and watch the football. I mean, these so you got to remember. You got to remember, right? But see, lads, you have to remember. 
the premise of social media is based on game. It's based on you post something and you get likes for it, you get retweets, or you get interaction. And that creates it. That, and for, that means that the, if you, you want to do it again and it releases the endorphins and again and again and again and again. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether, whether the message is positive, negative, or indifferent. The idea is that you have interaction with the messages you post. So if I'm posting something that's absurd, which I've done plenty of times <laughs> to get. <laughs> I know I'm getting interaction. In fact, most of my posts nowadays, and for everyone that's listening, this is the truth, right? If you're on my timeline, I'm posting to piss you off. I'm posting <laughs> yeah. to annoy you, right? Yeah. I'm f- trying to find the thing that makes you tick so that you respond to me. When you respond to me, I'm going to ignore your response. No matter what you <laughs> say to me, I'm going to ignore your response. I'm going to go off for another couple of days. I'm going to come back. I'm going to post something stupid again or something outrageous you're going to get really annoyed and interact with me and then I'm not going to, I'm going to ignore you and you're going to get really upset with this and this is going to go on because you're not going to be able to help yourself. So when Andy's talking about calling the lads out and stuff, Andy, I'm delighted for you. But at the end of the day, you're feeding their relevance. You feed the person's relevance by engaging with them. Your man, Corbally Red, he is sitting back with a massive Cuban breaking a shite laughing that every time he tweets something absurd, people are jumping all over it doing this. Da, 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 da. If you want to look at the levels of of self-madness, right? The people who have packed in Twitter because they didn't believe their opinions were getting the respect that they deserved and headed off to a different forum for whatever reasons it was, right? Mm-hmm. So that they could spread them. They They truly believe what they're saying is relevant. They haven't copped the game yet. The game is that it doesn't matter what you say. I, 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 I see it as a joint wrestling match. I see this is what WWE <laughs> wrestling used to be. Right? You, you can go, you can be good and you can be bad. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you can be good and you get loads of friends. Like, look at Andy. Andy now, Andy would be ideal for this, right? Andy is the top super fan red, right? If Andy, <laughs> wa- if Andy wanted to mix it up for next season, he should flip, right? And become yeah. Jimmy the evil, <laughs> evil, FSG outer. Now, I, I would totally be on board with this, Andy. I think I think you should definitely go down the rabbit hole of hating everything. And as soon as the for, the force sign, even if the Lions man or something doesn't do the flag right, that should be your signal to go mad, right? And just re- <laughs> completely flip and reverse. And blame. If, if, Hendo does, if Hendo doesn't do nine st- little steps to hold up the trophy, that should be your point to flip and become non-top red, the anti-top red, and see how that plays out for a couple of months and watch the interactions you get over. Honestly, Phil, this is what social media is all about. Phil, you're probably you know right what? there because you know I, I actually did used to fight with everyone and now I'm everyone's friend on Twitter because things are things are great. When things are, are go shit again with the team and we have got problems, I'll, I'll turn into a, a, a heel. Is that what they're called? The baddies? Yeah, a heel. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. come here and I tell you, right, not everyone is as cool as you on Twitter, Phil. Like, I know you're on the wind-up and I do be on the wind-up as well and I get a great laugh out of it. But there is people out there who who do believe in their shit. And yeah, dead right. Some people do. They don't get enough traction and they, they piss off Twitter. But I honestly do think that the social media is powerful and it influences it influences the future of the club that we all love. And I honestly do think that the summer to carry on can be damaging. Yeah, yeah people I mean, are human. I mean, Dejan Lovren, I mean, if he puts his name in and he's, he's just recently joined Twitter, like, 
a month ago. He put his name in. He's, you know, he's. I mean, that's probably been the straw that broke it. I mean, Phil made the case. Dejan Lovren, Lovren is is uh, the is Phil on the football pitch. That's what I'm saying. He made the, he he ran out. He ran out against Everton, and it looked like he was like, okay, see all them cunts on Twitter to think I'm a pony. I'm going to show them yeah. that I am. Watch this. Watch <laughs> this. You know? watch this. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this mad slide. I'm going to create <laughs> chaos, and then they're going to get a, an injury for three games. <laughs> because he is mad. He is, he is a storm. I mean, you must remember this is a guy who comes from a country that was pretty much almost wiped off the map. You know, so he, he's his perspective on life is probably different to yours and mine. Yeah. So he probably thought to himself, "Well, fuck all he is. I'm going anyway." And this is how you're going to rem- remember me. We. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Don't don't uh, and, and don't forget that Love Ronaldo's also come out and said he's against vaccines. So like he's <laughs> he's literally he's gone down the full heel at this stage. He's yeah. he's he's embracing his the, the hate that's fed at him and he's just going, I'm gonna go all in. I, I'm I'm, I, I, and by the way, Mo Salah is my mate and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is not mad. maybe maybe Phil is after bringing something up there that's very fucking that we haven't thought of. Lovren Maybe all the lads in the team love Lovren. You know what I mean? And he's a totally different guy. And he t- he says to people, you know, I'm going to set up a Twitter account. I'm going to follow Trump. And I'm going to like <laughs> things that Trump posts. And then... <laughs> and then piss everybody and then, off. And then they're going to do an interview with the Echo. <laughs> Watch this. And then, like, he he rocks into train and then they're all rolling around the place laughing and wanting to be his mate. I'm Man. telling you, I've been in dressing rooms. That's exactly what I've said. There's lots of going on. I bet you he's there going, here, lads, will I get onto the Echo and do an interview? You know, we've got this big match coming up. Do you reckon that will just set everyone off? No way yeah. to think. And I'd say Klopp is there breaking his heart laughing, going, none of that's going to matter anyway. Yeah, so go on for a laugh. Let's see what traction you get out of it. I'd say there'll be <laughs> more going on. And you know what? It's a good distraction from what's really going on in the background. You know what I mean? As in, you know, us going out of our way to win games. It's, you know, sometimes everyone has to play their part and Lovren seems to be happy yeah. to play the clown. You know, happy days. You know, fair, yeah, fair look, you know, you're, you're dead right. And I, I like, I probably give these assholes uh, the attention that they're looking for. And maybe, maybe one day I'll stop. But, but, <laughs> maybe but, one day yeah but I I just see annoying them people and and taking enjoyment out of them and winding them up and having them raging as another as another little victory it's like another trophy I'm like that with that, City fans I'm like yeah. that with them and the ones that are rage against um, what's his face um, Miguel Delaney the ones that can't stand him for basically doing his job I love yeah. I love going I love going in there and, and backing up Delaney oh no he's right and you know there is blood there is blood on your hands and you're going to be caught and they go absolutely they get personal they yeah. they look at your Twitter feed they go back five and six years and and, and get personal which they really rage it is absolutely fucking yeah. great I, <laughs> I, just, great. I just like to see I just like to see people rewarded for their support and super fanness and <laughs> <laughs> it's you know well, Thirty thirty years of super fanness has yeah. culminated in Thursday night, and all that's gone gone on since. In reality, yeah. how was it only one title? That and how was it only one title? Actually, I was suggesting this to Gav. With everything else that's going on, there's not an awful lot we can do to celebrate. But you know, if we all uh, booked into one of those city tours, you know, the open house, <laughs> yeah, and bra flags and 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 smoke bombs. 
over the edge. <laughs> I yeah. just went, just did the tour of Dublin with and got a replica trophy. How many people could we piss off? Like, <laughs> do you think we could piss people off? Like, and still avoid <laughs> being in the district car the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we could do it at a social distance and acceptable level. Yeah, know? I mean, if we, if we, if we like, it's open air as well. Yeah, let's not. An open top us uh, with the social, could probably get t- 10 onto the top deck, maybe 12. Yeah. 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 Maybe more. Maybe 20. And flags. <laughs> Hanging flags that say Liverpool on it isn't the league. Yeah. Carrying a replica trophy at the Premier League isn't the league. Um, okay, smoke bombs are illegal. So yeah, they're, they're frowned upon. Frowned upon. We could get flares, bubbles, flares, flares, sparklers. Yeah, um, we could. <laughs> we could certainly shout things like you know the Viking tour that goes around. They get yeah, away with yeah. shouting. They're loud, yeah. Yeah, they're loud bastards, and <laughs> we could do that. Um, could we live stream it? Could we go in the Liffey? What about a Viking Smash Tour? Um, I I Andy, don't Andy, I don't we think we the piss Vi- people off as much on the Viking Splash Tour. I think we need to be on an open top bus, personally. Right, right. Mm. Mm. This sounds but, like it's got more more chance of happening than the real parade. In fairness, it's got doesn't legs. it? Yeah. yeah. Now I sent an e- I sent an email today to Gilway, um, because. <laughs> They actually rent bu- the buses out for, uh, like, you know, weddings and <laughs> real, real stuff. And I'm yet to get a reply, but, I mean, if they can, if they can sort us out. Wow. I mean, we'll give them a, sh- we'll give them a shout out on the podcast or something. <laughs> Sounds like it's in motion to me. Sounds like a plan that's in motion. And uh, stay tuned because I'm on board. Um, I'm with We might just need to find a driver. So if anyone uh, can drive a bus and uh, is a Liverpool fan, then uh, no, no, maybe they, you'll they, get they, 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 oh, they have, supply the they driver. Have, yeah? yeah, they have drivers. Okay, yeah. Fair yeah, yeah. okay. Um, we'll have to pick a Liverpool. We'll have to make sure we get a Liverpool driver. <laughs> I think. I can't. Um, I can't imagine a bus for an hour. Right, it can't be more than. 500. <laughs> yeah. Worthy. Money well spent. And it, 50 or uh, 50. Actually, we could pay a little bit over 50 ahead or whatever. And whoever, you know, on the, on the, like on Twitter, like shares and subscribes or does any of that bollocks that Gav asked them to do, they could, <laughs> they could win the competition to come on the bus too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That sounds that? like an idea. Well, watch this space, as they say. Um, I, I'm pretty excited by the thought of it now. Uh, pro- possibly even more excited than our than our gathering um, on Thursday night for the match. But um, if we could actually I, arri- arrange a before tours, that we could arrive to the camp. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a stretch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Arriving at the Camden in the open top parade bus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But look, uh, before we before we close off, um, it's funny enough. I was gonna. I was actually one of the things that had popped into my head uh, was was actually buses and buses 
that, you know, you lads, I'm going to take this over to you now because, look, I, I've spent most of the last uh, 30 years uh, not having to do day trips. That's something that's only come to me more recently, really. Um, I mean, for you lads who've had to do this down the years, down the last 30 years, I'm sure you've had to make some, you know, awful day trips to see some awful games, a la West Brom defeats, a la Stoke defeats, all these kind of things. I mean, Phil, for you, does this kind of make it all worthwhile at the end of the day? You've kind of, you put all those hard yards in and you've finally seen us won a league? Right, I'd seen us win many leagues before this. This just takes me back to when we used to win leagues all the time. <clears throat> for me, look, I'll be totally honest with you. This league title isn't about how I feel or anything. It's it's about for me. It's about like being able to say to me that I'm a grown. Like I'm 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 the same age now as my dad would have been when we last won the league. Ninety, right? nineteen ninety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So say it's a lot it's, of that. It, it's 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 a it's a really interesting take. So I was saying to him, he says he said, so it was great to be able to celebrate together. Essentially, in terms of winning the league, it's great to be able to 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 remount to, to be in the same place, and it's great. I think for all, anyone that's made those trips, for anyone that's gone gone through what we've gone through over the last thirty years, to be finally able to to get that out. That monkey off her back to not have to listen to United fans bang on about well it's thirty years since you won last one the league <clears throat> because that's what you get in Ireland it's United and Liverpool fans and now it's well lads it's twelve years since you won last one the league you know what I mean so it's like it's you, you can flip it now and for everyone that's gone along for for the fans that have sadly not with us for mm. for me anyway it's not about you go through teams the the beauty of supporting a team and following a team is you have ups and downs you can't enjoy these moments. If you don't have lows, you can't enjoy the Champions League wins if you don't have the Champions League losses. You know what I mean? And it's why it's why like the, for me the FA Cup and the League Cup, the FA Cup, sorry, not the League Cup. I like the League Cup. The FA Cup is completely irrelevant. I don't care if we win it or not. I never will care if we win it or not. Like when we were shit, I never cared about the FA Cup, and that hasn't changed. But this is about it. This is what we were. This is what I grew up on us doing winning the league and challenging for league titles and to be finally there, to be able to share that with my dad, to be able to share even now with my own son, it's just what football is all about and hopefully that brings us on to the next generation and, and we can keep this 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 run of success going for a couple of years so that they can, that people like my son and the young kids that are watching football now and have become Liverpool fans get to get that love that I had because I, I grew up watching them winning league titles. So that's for me, that's the most important thing. Yeah, and Andy, I know you've been a committed uh, day tripper for the last thirty years. You've done so many trips over. I mean, for you, is this you know this kind of the whole we've achieved the holy grail? Um, uh, is is this something that you've just kind of craved for all during all of that time that you've been coming over to Anfield? Yeah, like the, the first time I was ever in Anfield, we were the champions. Said this, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I, I kind of half wondered it wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Started putting the hex on us, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, I can't believe it's 30 years. And 30 years is such a long time. Like, to put it in perspective, like, do you remember the 96 Euros, three lines on a short, and they said yeah. 30 years of hurt, 1966. Yes. yes. Oh my God. Can you fucking believe that it was that long? 
mm-hmm. for us. It's longer for them. It's longer for them now. Yeah, <laughs> but it was it was it was that long that we had to yeah. wait for a time. Who who would have fucking told you that? Yeah, who would have who would have believed it? That would be so long before Liverpool Football Club would win another league. I know. And I guess know, we did sneak in a treble in two thousand and one, a couple of champions. Come here, look, we had we had lots of uh, as um as Dave LFC chats puts it. <laughs> we had the twisty fries. Yeah. <laughs> we had the whatever, the chicken nuggets. But we got the Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Like Dave LFC chats is extremely underrated. He couldn't he couldn't have put that more perfect. It is the Big Mac and <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking it's home and we're gonna we're gonna win it loads more times as well to make up for you. You just you know you know it waited something like twenty six years. But as much as I hate them, they built something. They built something very clever in the mid nineties. And they capitalised on the direction football was going. We fell so far behind under the leadership of the Morris family. They just hadn't got it. They just didn't have the savvy. No, especially commercially. But but FSG came in and they did. They they recognised the gap in the market and they recognised the brand that Liverpool were. Okay, as much as we don't want to admit that this is a franchise or whatever, that's the way the sport is going. And they recognised it just as as the United owners did in the mid-90s. and. We're going to win loads of titles now. Uh, and it's going to be so fucking enjoyable. So, it is. And the flip side, Pete, the last word to you. Um, it's been, you know, seven years since United won the league. You would have grown up in, in Dublin um, and spent time in Dublin up against United fans in your face and, and obviously them winning that, you know, countless leagues under Fergie. I mean, do you share that sentiment that this could be the start of, you know, a, a sustained period of success for us? Yeah, I mean, we didn't have, I mean, at that stage, we really did, we were making it up as we went along. And I don't think anybody understood maybe at Liverpool the importance of having that kind of plan, that forward planning. You know, it was always, okay, what's everybody else doing? I always felt, even as a teenager, when we were coming off the back of being successful, that we were kind of saying, well, what are, what, what, are, what are Manchester United doing? Who are they signing? You know, and we'll sign whoever they can get. Right now, I think, you know, we've got that blueprint for, and it's exactly as Andy says, there's, a, there's confidence in the fact that we've, we believe that we're going to go on a run because we've got the blue, we've got the plan. We're ahead of ourselves for the first time, arguably ever. I don't know if the club has ever, even when when the great Bill Shankly took over, it was very much get this team promoted, you know, and and you know, and and try to build something in a different way. But I, I honestly think it's a, it's a as much, much as Andy says, it's it's a business, it's a franchise. But that's important. You have to roll with it with the. With the with the with the times, and I think we've gotten our act together insofar as that is concerned. We now know what the next three, four, five years looks like as a as a business, as a football team. I think with the with the people that we've got in place, yeah, of course. But thinking back to what Manchester United were doing, we didn't even understand what they were doing. We just all thought they had a good manager, but they had a good infrastructure. So I think that's what we have now, and I think it's it's where we're not just months or a little bit ahead. I think we're actually light years ahead of, of most other sides now, to be honest. 
Well, on that, we're not even gonna look. We're not even gonna bother with our first predictions as uh, as champions for the for the next game. Um, it's kind of irrelevant in some ways, but I'm sure Klopp will uh, tell us players otherwise, and that's why he's such a great manager. So, I'm gonna thank you all. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, thanks Phil. Um, it's been emotional. The first club uh, as Premier League champions. I can't say enough, to be honest with you, but we'll be back next Monday. In the meantime, Gav, I'm sure we'll do a preview of the city and plenty of other stuff in between. Good night. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash, too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. This might look like a normal job, but it's not. When hackers infiltrate networks and steal or destroy proprietary data, we're all at risk. Earn a master's degree in cybersecurity online at Grand Canyon University and help protect your company from cyber threats by performing vulnerability assessments and threat hunting to catch hackers. What do you think protecting your company looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Sports Social Podcast Network.